0: Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation, always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill.
1: Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM. I appreciate you joining us as well today if you're listening on podcasts via iTunes or at the website GrillNationShow.com. We are going to have a fun show today. Uh, I'm going to have some really good conversation here with two of our all-star guests uh, and on-air co-hosts on today's show. Uh, I want to first thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Title sponsors are MoBank, BOK Financial, Trust, and Two West Companies. Contributors to the show are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co., Brian Sarf with True Wealth & Company, the KCADC, Kansas Area Development Council, and on today's show we are going to be joined by Port KC, a new on-air contributor who will be joining us every other month on the Grill Nation show in different formats. On today's show, we have on John Stevens, who uh, is the main man over there at Port KC. I, I, John, you're the CEO uh, and president of Port KC. And Annie Presley... Who is a award winning author, fundraiser, uh, long time, uh, consultant, political consultant, Speak fundraising cons- consultant. <laughs> That's right. And each and every month, uh, Annie joins me and John will be joining us as well on many shows to talk about local, state and federal current events. What's going on? A fast paced kind of walk through all the things that people are talking about. So welcome to the show, John and Annie. How are you
0: today? Doing great, Jason. Glad to be here with uh, two old friends. Yes, Hi. it is
1: great. It is great. It's great to see you guys, and there's a lot of exciting issues. Quickly, uh give us a another little elevator pitch about yourselves and what you do each and every day. We'll start with Annie.
2: I'm fun and happy.
1: You're fun and happy. Yep. You're a Mizzou Tiger.
2: I'm a Tiger. I'm a, a very moderate Republican, and I am working on my first children's book at Ace Publishing.
1: Yes, and you can check that out at what's the website?
2: Readthis.guru.
1: Very cool, very cool, John. You've been in now at the Port KC for almost about what six months?
0: Yeah, about six months, and uh, yeah, economic development professional. Been in, been in Kansas City, lifelong Kansas Cityan. Uh, Been back for many years. Love working in uh, all aspects of economic development and uh, both sides of the state line. Yeah, John Uh, is very bipartisan in that respect. John has worked at um, the Unified Government of KCK. Uh,
1: You've also worked at Visit KC for a Mm -hmm. while, and then at the Power and Light District yep. with Cordish. Yep. That's Cordish. how we met. Somebody asked me how we met, and I was like, it was through a Mizzou football game, and yeah. a mutual friend or it was through Cordish. I can't remember, but it <laughs> yeah. was somewhere along those lines uh, when Kansas City was continuing to grow. And uh, as we go through these topics today, one of the topics that has kind of come up locally uh, in the newspaper editorials is the downtown baseball stadium. I know that uh, I have an opinion on this, but I want to hear your guys' opinion. Let's start with John. Uh, you've been involved with downtown Kansas City for yeah. quite a while. Uh, what are your thoughts about
0: this kind of getting media exposure at this point? Well, I think, first of all, with any large civic endeavor like a stadium, like a downtown baseball stadium or a baseball stadium, at all, we, we have to plan ahead. So, so the idea of this conversation is too soon to be having is silly. Yeah. We have to start having this conversation. This will be years and years in the making. And as far as downtown baseball, downtown baseball works and the the other thing that i will say is when you look at stadiums uh whether you talk publicly financed privately financed or a combination of which is always seems to always be the case nationally is is some combination of public private financing uh you have to look at the the royals and the team will want some level of a new stadium be it hundreds of millions of renovations to the existing kaufman stadium when their lease expires or hundreds of million dollars for a new stadium. And it will go somewhere in Kansas City. So the mm-hmm. question is, where will it go that is best for the future growth of our community and our metropolitan area? And and I think the answer, we should look at all aspects, look at the entire metro, really study this. Mm-hmm. But my gut tells me, ultimately, it's somewhere in the downtown core mm-hmm. that is accessible uh, for growth and for the growing population of the metro to a- access for years to come. mm mm-hmm
1: it's a lot different than it was in 2006 when this issue was up as far as downtown's development.
0: Yeah, no, the, we're, we are so much further ahead. Um, there, there continues to be more and more movement towards the trend of downtown stadiums. You're seeing now MLS stadiums and uh, not just arenas, but you're seeing baseball stadiums coming in. And, and they're doing it in a way that they didn't used to do. Used to build a stadium, put some parking around it, call it a day and see what happens. And now you're really looking at a true mixed-use development and mixed-use plans around stadiums and sports facilities. Mm-hmm. Annie, what are your thoughts?
2: Exactly what they did in San Diego is what you're describing, John. And I have a great friend who lives there. Pick me up in the airport. We were going to her condo downtown, and she said, close your eyes. We're in the car. And I said, okay. And she turned the corner, and she said, open your eyes. And there is night baseball in this ginormous stadium nestled among all these buildings. People all over the place on foot, bikes, scooters, all kinds of restaurants open. It was just so invigorating, so exciting. And I think our downtown is now ready for downtown baseball. I'm not sure it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago when this conversation started. But I think it is now, and it's in large part due to all the development that's going on and the efforts that Port Authority and others like you john are are making to continue the renovation.
1: What are gonna be the sticky issues parking that's going to be a focus
2: Well, everybody thinks they're going to get on the streetcar you know and run down to the city, <laughs> but it don't get stuck in traffic so um the 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 best part about it is that the foot traffic will drive it, and um there will be opportunities to build parking garages somewhere around there. We have a
1: lot of surface parking downtown, but yeah. it's less and
0: less each and every year. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's estimated that we have three parking spaces for every citizen, uh, you know, in, down, in and around downtown that lives and works downtown. I, that's, I also good, think that's good to know. People, wow. people forget also that when you park at Truman Sports Complex, and, and I love Truman Sports Complex. I want to put that out there for, for listeners. I think the stadiums are wonderful. It's, it's a great experience. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at it, you're walking eight tenths of a mile on average from your parking space. Well, if Annie's you're not. not she's, she's in the, uh, the she, M lot. She's, she, she's, she's in the M lot. She's probably in a, a Bentley or something. Yeah. Getting pulled <laughs> well, if, if you're not, if you're not the secret platinum parking <laughs> person, you're walking eight tenths no, no, no. of a mile. Yeah. And, and the reality is that, that if, if a stadium, so for instance, a stadium, you know, were, were near the sprint center, you could park at Crown Center and walk to the stadium and it would be the equivalent of attending a uh, attending a game at Truman Sports Complex and parking in in a red lot,
1: you have to a lot of Chiefs games. I've parked. Yeah. you know, sometimes you get moved around in the and and the whole scheme of getting in there. Then your car is is an in lot, which is over right. over by the training facility, and it's just it is about that far. It's weird to think about.
0: Yeah, and and if we can, let's talk just really briefly about the economics of it. So the economics are right now: people drive to Truman Sports Complex, they park, they maybe tailgate, uh, but that's what they're bringing in. They buy things at the stadium, and then when they leave, they drive usually home or somewhere near their home. Um, If we really want this to be something that draws economic development, uh, what about people parking, going into great sports bars, grabbing a sandwich at a great restaurant, uh, Mm -hmm. and then after the games, leaving the stadium, going to a rooftop patio? I mean, Mm -hmm. think about, once again, San Diego.
2: Food trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Street dances. All kinds of it's, great it's, it's, opportunities. It's fun. It is really, fun. I, really fun. I,
1: it's the hardest part is going to be the fact that Kauffman Stadium is a great stadium. People love it, and it's not deteriorating. It's it looks okay. People love games there, and all these other remodels have been stadiums that were the cookie cutter circle, you know, football, baseball, and they, that's kind of what helped. And that's going to be an obstacle. But John Stevens. Annie Presley are joining us today we're talking current events local, state, and federal we're going to come back after the break we're going to talk about streetcar we're going to talk about Amazon in New York we're going to talk about office in downtown and we're getting into state and federal issues you're listening to The Grill Nation Show Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 a.m. and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com where you connect with me uh, each and every day. I'll have photos of our guests and all of our shows on the website, as well as uh, my social media handles at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show, as well as all of our partners and supporters and their information. One is Port KC, a, a bi monthly guest host and on air contributor. John Stevens is joining us, CEO and president of. But Port KC and Annie Presley, who is a uh, award winning author and a uh, great development and fundraising professional throughout her many years in Kansas City. We're doing local, state, and federal affairs talk today. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, I want to talk next about streetcar extension. John, you know this very well as uh, the CEO of Port KC. Uh, what's going on with the streetcar extending to the river?
0: Yeah. Well, in, you know, obviously, uh, the 2.2 mile starter line has just been a huge success as far as ridership and, and development. Uh, we've been working at Port KC on extending the streetcar down the Grand Avenue Viaduct down to the riverfront mm-hmm. as the Union Apartment Complex, which is actually Port KC's headquarters now. As that is open, Bar K has opened, which anybody who loves great, great food, great, great bar and dogs yeah. is an amazing place. Annie, I'm sure you've you've heard of this place.
2: I'm going to do my children's book event there. <laughs> exactly. there we go. With rainy day books. It's yeah.
0: fantastic. And and as we continue to develop that out, it, it's becoming uh, incredibly necessary to extend the streetcar. So with with uh, Tom Garand and the Streetcar Authority, we've, we've developed a plan. We're about 30% through uh, engineering and design. And uh, we hope to have some 2019 big announcements about it. And the first phase of that is really uh, another important thing that I think is vital to everybody that lives, works, and visits downtown, which is a separate bike pedestrian bridge that will run parallel to Grand Avenue and better connect the tens of thousands so of people who live downtown. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's so important. I mean, I've been, sometimes I feel like I'm going the wrong way when I'm trying to get to the riverfront. I'm like, I'm going to take the wrong turn and then I'm end up underneath the bridge and not actually
0: in your area. Exactly. And, yeah. and we really need to do more. We have, you know, there's 30, 30 some thousand people that live downtown now. And 10 years ago, there, there were just a few thousand. Mm-hmm. And I think when we first started talking about bike, bike pedestrian infrastructure, it was, Oh, it's for people that want to put on their spandex and go ride their bike for, you know, for fitness. And that's still great. But now it's really tens of thousands of people that want to walk to the park or walk to go buy groceries mm-hmm. or, so we need to focus on that. And, and we're cognizant of that at Port KC. And that is the first phase of that because that will make the pedestrian connection possible. And then it will allow. Uh, the uh, streetcar to extend on. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm a big believer of extending it all the way to uh, the bond bridge to the kit bond bridge, because once we connect to there, that is a natural Northland connection for all the the fastest growing part of our Metro is the Northland. And if you can connect people where they can come down, they can pull right in off of I-29, they can park, they can jump on a streetcar and take it eventually all the way to UMKC and the plaza suddenly you've alleviated a lot of day-in and day-out parking that you're going to have to address for a lot of people.
1: But, Very interesting. Annie, you've uh, you've been a street par kind of opponent maybe because you had a unit that you had, couldn't vote on the thing. Or I what?
2: wasn't a fan because I owned a property in downtown Kansas City and my renters got to vote on the tax increase that I ultimately had to pay. And I thought it was taxation without representation. But this is apparently a commonly used technique in these kinds of efforts. And the judge told me it's been used before and it will be used again. So beware. They did it in the plaza area already for the so extension you, you that So you now way. sold
1: that rental property.
2: Yep, I sold it.
1: There you go. Yeah,
2: so but now, I did no. wait till the, the streetcar was done.
1: So now you got more money on it. Very <laughs> she, smart. She
0: did not dump her chai tea latte out.
1: Yeah. Uh, in protest.
2: <laughs> though. Hey John, can you take your dog on the streetcar to the dog park?
1: We don't know that. We'll figure that out. Yeah. I don't know that.
0: Well, I,
2: that's a big question. That's
0: a big question. That's one we'll have to bring up with the with the uh, streetcar authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you can bring your bike and your your scooters and your other. I other think things. I think
1: eventually. I mean, look how many places are now dog friendly. Any. Right. go to restaurants right. and yeah. you're seeing dogs sitting there. I mean, it's been happening on the West Coast for so long. I think now it's, it's getting more accepted here, especially when I live right. downtown. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people had dogs. I have a dog. There's so many. Right. Yeah, there's so right. many downtown.
0: Well, and almost all, almost all of the new apartments coming in now are designed. I mean, yeah. the, the, riverfront, the Riverfront Apartments, the union, actually not only allows dogs, but it's built around dogs. It has its uh, dog uh, bath. Room like a bathing station with with bathing equipment and all the stuff. I mean, people are understanding that how how important dogs and pets are.
2: So the interesting uh, research suggests that millennials who live in the apartment with the animals are the buyers of homes after they get a second animal because they need the yard.
0: There you go. So. I also saw an interesting statistic. Uh, I think it was yesterday that. Um, People post more photos of their pets than they do of their partners.
1: Well, that's for sure. Well, I understand that. I don't have any kids, so, so people post their kids' photos all the time. And I, I'll post a dog photo of me doing something fun or golfing. And people are like, Oh, did you go golfing today? And I'm like, Hey, I've looked at so many photos of your kids on Facebook and, <laughs> and Instagram. I can post things I like too, like my dog. Uh, John Stevens, Port KC, Annie Presley, uh, author and uh, fundraising and development folk here in Kansas City. Uh, next topic I want to talk about, we're going to talk about class A office downtown and and corporate headquarters downtown. But a new story that obviously just broke last week was the Amazon in New York KC or excuse me, New York City, uh, saying no to Amazon. And I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of misinformation about tax incentives and about how this all went down. The mayor was on TV kind of breaking it down. The way I read it is they were going to bring in about $17 billion in economic development. And then once those jobs are created, have a tax incentive sit back of up to $3 billion in different funds from the local, state, federal. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, I thought it was pretty nuts that um, they said no to all these jobs.
2: Well, everybody evaluates tax credits and tax opportunities for big business differently. And so you have to figure out where they're coming from. But the, the New York situation with Amazon was a little bit surprising given the level of commitment Amazon had made as a result of that n- massive search they'd done across yeah. the United States to find the ideal locations, I was surprised they chose New York, but I was even more surprised that New York's in unpacking. So I, th- I think truthfully, it was probably a mistake on New York's part. But it's, um, it's very interesting how people's opinions of these tax opportunities are changing at the most w- basic level.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very complicated, John. But I mean, yeah. it's not like. Amazon shows up and you just give them a pile of cash for $3 billion. Yeah, no, show up.
0: There, there are seldom actually checks written yeah. in economic development. It's, it's increment, it's incremental financing. So it's a growth, it's the net growth of new revenue that's generated. But, you know, I, I've had some time to really contemplate this. And, and I was in, in the small team that, that packaged our Casey Metro mm-hmm. bid for HQ2. And we thought through a lot of this and, and it really comes down to access to, um, the high quality educated workforce, the watershed of, of of education. But as I've really thought through this New York thing, at first I was like, that "New York is crazy for rejecting this. This is this is nuts." But now, then, then I went into the well, the public just doesn't understand incentives, right? Now I think I've I've gone into the the phase three of trying to understand this, and I think what is happening in New York is there was a lack of of consistent communication with from the politicians and from the economic development professionals with the general public mm-hmm. to really educate them. And, and I don't know that they would have gotten over the hump. There was a pretty, you know, in, in Queens and in New York, there was a pretty big groundswell of this is the evil corporation coming in. So I don't know that they would have gotten over the hump, but I think it is some lessons that we need to learn in Kansas city that it's not about good and evil, right and wrong. It is about really working with the public and responding to what the public wants, and, mm-hmm. and that's why people are elected, right? That's, that's why you have politicians. But at the end of the day, understanding that, that economic development uh, is something that ultimately is supposed to be net benefit, but sometimes there are um, th- th- there is a delayed return on mm-hmm. that investment to the tax coffers, right?
1: Yeah, and it's weird to see the breakdown based on um, ethnicity well, because, because a lot of minorities, and the, and the thing I saw on 538, supported it. Yeah. They wanted this to come. And, and, and a lot of the white progressives said no, right? So, oh, how are we dealing with this? And then I always thought like, you're putting all this money into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why not invest that in young companies? I mean, think about economic development. We're we're getting these jobs to come here, but why not put it in a young, growing company in Kansas City or in New York that you can help, like uh, the next you know big deal? Uh, there's so many different facets to this.
2: There was one crippling component to them. While the while Amazon was asking for the concession, it was learned that they will not be paying any corporate income tax, which is just shocking, given it's the biggest company in the United that's States. True. Yeah. So th- that's a little bit troubling when you're asking a city to give up mm-hmm. concessions. And then realize that nothing's coming out of it. Right,
1: a no, lot to that, look back at true. during this topic, guys. Um, real quickly, I want to take us into downtown Kansas City, John and Annie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Class A office corporate headquarters. We need some some things to happen with business downtown.
0: Real quick, yeah, uh, we've been we've been stagnant in our in our office growth, and I, I use the term three legged stool. You need a three legged stool if you're really going to have a, a a a downtown that is vibrant that benefits the rest of the community. That is people that live downtown, people that work downtown, and mm-hmm. people that visit and go for entertainment downtown. We, we have a struggle. Uh, we, we have taken, because of the movement of jobs and the, the changing nature of office work uh, over the last 25 years, we've removed 2.65 million square feet of office space out of downtown. That has been converted into apartments, hotels, and other things. And those were Class B and Class C, which for those who don't understand, those are low-quality office space. So where we are now is we have a very low amount, relatively speaking of class a office space, but we also don't have a proven market. We don't have 200,000 downtown workers to sustain the growth. So we have to stimulate the growth and, and we've lost out. You know, our, our friends at the ADC have explained clearly there were times that we needed a new class a office building for mm-hmm. somebody to sign a lease and move in within six months. Well, you can't build, 25 story building in six months. So we have to stimulate that. And that, that is where we fundamentally believe that we play a role in benefiting the city for years and decades to come. We have to be that spark that stimulates that growth.
1: I want to get back into that after the break, John Stevens from Port KC and Annie Presley award-winning author and fundraising and development guru are on the show today. we'll be right back on grill nation. I got that. Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my
0: feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops.
1: Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I'm Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for joining us at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. Fascinating show. We're talking local, state, and federal current events today with John Stevens, uh, the CEO and president of Port KC, and Annie Presley award-winning author. Check her books out as well as her fundraising and development work. She's a guru in Kansas City and throughout the region. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about Class A office downtown and John, real quickly, I want you to talk about how Port KC
0: kind of plays a role in a lot of these different projects. Sure. So developers come to us and uh, we evaluate the projects, evaluate the worthiness of them, the economic return, and then we use a tool, a state tool called Chapter 68. And that allows us to offer generally it, the equivalent of exemptions on property tax, real property tax and construction material taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, it, what, uh, again, we talk about sometimes we have to continually explain w- why these tools are used. The The thing is private, private capital, private finance pays for almost all of these projects. Uh, but sometimes there's a gap. And in the case in Kansas City, there's a gap because the rent rates are so low in downtown compared to other markets. Um, and, and sometimes we're talking, uh, eight to $10 per square foot lower Mm -hmm. than other Midwest markets. So there's a gap there in the, in the ability to get bank and private financing. So we offer exemptions on a portion of the property tax for a period of time that helps close that gap. It helps give confidence with the private investors, confidence with the banks to get the loan so that they can build the project and then lease it up and then hopefully help raise the the uh, overall values so that we sustain the marketplace, which is what we're seeing now with hotels and what we're seeing now with a lot of the rental properties. That's awesome. And um, I know you're working on one. You want to say yeah, which is? We're working is? on uh, Block 124. It's a Strata project okay. um, designed by b and HOK here. It's right across from H&R Block on Main Street, hmm. beyond the street car line. And one of the keys there uh, is that was designed uh, in the Cordish plan originally to have 1,450 parking spaces, and we're only building 750 and maybe even a a little bit fewer because of being on the streetcar line and the changing demographics and nature of downtown Mm -hmm. residential, uh, we're able to build half the parking, which costs millions less and put that money back into going 25 stories high on a, on a new modern class a office building.
1: And then another, uh, deal at city center. Did I read that?
0: Yeah. City center, which has now been rebranded Lightwell. Mm -hmm. that's Samara road. They're a New York based investor. They've bought the building, uh, the building, uh, very, very tired, uh, 42% occupied uh, and, and kind of declining. And one of the keys there is it's going to raise a, a really kind of a tired old model office building back to modern standards and completely redo the first four four floors and all of the exterior surface spaces, mm-hmm. which will then uh, – will become an amenity to the downtown, uh, downtown uh, residents and downtown workers and visitors, where right now it's um, – I would say it's less than desirable. Though we all love curry in a hurry,
2: that's that's about the only
0: uh, you know one one of the only places there. So we're excited to see that one go, and we really think that's kind of the one-two punch in stimulating downtown office buildings. I agree with that. I was in
1: downtown and the Crossroads is blowing up right now. I was at a um, dinner down there on Friday, and it was every restaurant was packed. I mean, ah. Just complete. I, I did a tour of Corrigan Station and went to an oh, architecture yeah. firm in there, and you know I was blown away. You have blown to have away. a
2: little faith. You got to build it. And assume they will come. You do. And it, it does take a lot of faith, and, and it's got a pencil.
0: It, it does have to pencil. I'll, you know, I'll give you a quick example. Starbucks was looking for a regional headquarters, 900 jobs, right? They came to Kansas City. They said, we love the idea of Kansas City. And developers that they talked to said, well, we're going to have to go through the process, design, and build an office building for you. And they said, well, we really need it now. They went to Atlanta. Atlanta developers said, well, here's four buildings that are nearing completion or recently completed pick one Mm -hmm.
1: that's 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 the dream that's the dream annie
2: i feel like getting the airport done also will be very helpful because right now we don't really have great facility or great air service
0: we and that's
2: always an issue when somebody wants to um relocate mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's a great point it is not a good first impression or last impression of kansas city
1: well hopefully this show is going to air uh Gosh, Saturday or Sunday, we're trying to figure that out right now, but it will air this weekend and we'll have the iTunes podcast up and hopefully the airport will be moving forward by then. Um, John Stevens is with us, poor KC, CEO and president, Annie Presley. Uh, she is a award winning author and development guru here in Kansas City. Let's talk about some state issues. Uh, John, I know you're involved in economic development, of course, but what, you know, the, the governor has announced a new kind of the economic development structure here in Missouri, you've been going to Jeff city. Can you fill us in on what the heck's going on as far as governor Parson? And there, there just seems to be a lot of things happening.
0: Yeah, no. And, and, and I think for Kansas city, since we're, you know, this is a, uh, this is a Kansas city oriented show primarily. Yeah. Uh, governor Parson is a incredible breath of fresh air uh, out of Jefferson city. When it comes to Kansas city, he is economic development focused. He's jobs Focused infrastructure, I believe, infrastructure Rose. focused. He is workforce. R- workforce focused. He is really the type of governor that is rolling up his sleeves and saying, "What do the people of Missouri need and want?" And he is working really hard every day with the legislature to deliver on those promises. And a lot of it is 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 things such as um, uh, uh, investments in trades and investments in associates degrees. Those are a huge need. Mm -hmm. You know, I just saw we're at $1.09 trillion in student loan debt right now. That was in the paper this morning, Mm. 1.09 trillion. And um, if we can do more to help keep education affordable for all and truly a continuum of education, good quality jobs that deliver in our state, we need all those jobs. We need welders and bricklayers and electricians and, and, nurses and all those. And not everyone needs a bachelor's degree or an advanced degree that may sometimes cost a couple hundred thousand dollars for those students. And I think Governor Parson sees that. Uh, I think he's listening to his economic uh, experts. And I'm really excited about what this session and the next couple sessions have uh, in store in, in Jefferson City. And I can't say that I've always felt that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I've been headed to Jefferson City, sometimes you go down there uh, sort of dreading and, 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 and worrying about what, what's going to come back to Kansas City. Now I'm excited to see the positives coming to Kansas City.
1: Annie, what do you think about the governor and uh, what's going on in Missouri politics?
2: Governor Parson is just a no-nonsense, very well-seasoned politician who wants to move forward and not get hung up on posturing And he's asking that of his um, legislature as well and just says, stop with posturing and let's move forward. And I I think you're right. He's pursuing apprenticeships and all kinds of alternative education programs so people will find jobs and stay in Missouri. And he's also reaching out and talking to different people who oftentimes don't even have access to that level of government. And he's a listener. It's refreshing. He does actually listen to people and um, mm-hmm. use their ideas, so I I couldn't be happier about what great luck we <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we launched yeah. into
2: in getting him. I'm I'm really tickled for him and and about him, and hope that everybody will be aggressive in reaching out to his office because he is available.
1: It's kind of funny. I heard he he has the uh, his office now open. I like saw he that he opened yeah. up his actual the real deal office, not the waiting room part <laughs> of it, that people can see when they walk in. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of Democrats are liking him, too, which you he's never really see. Yeah. He's likable. He's
2: smart. He's no nonsense. I think he's a cattle rancher from yeah. southwest Missouri. He, <laughs> I can say this because I'm a hillbilly, too. <laughs> but he, he truly is just no nonsense, and I it's just very, very refreshing.
1: I did see an article, though, that corporate income taxes are down in Missouri.
2: Well, yeah. we talked about that, and that is in large part due to the fact that the um, tables were misprinted for mm-hmm. the 20- 18 tax year and people were supposed to get with their employers and make sure they were withholding enough and this apparently did not happen (laughs) and so those of you who are expecting a a tax return may be very disappointed it was a bad situation that didn't get clicked on that's not a that's
0: that's a way to lose votes right I don't. I don't know who are, you. Cho- yeah, I don't yeah. know who you tell did it wrong. Yeah, you know there. There's a lot of finger pointing, and and I will say once again, I, I like what the governor is doing, which he's saying let's stop the finger pointing, let's move forward, let's address things for the future, and mm-hmm. let's fix this. Let's fix how we educate people, how we deal with the tax tables, how we do this, and he's taking on the issues that that a lot of people have put their heads in the sand on, which are how do we fix our bridges, how do we fix our roads. I mean, anybody who drives who drives around anywhere sorry, right, right now. anywhere right now, <laughs> you know. Um, Gosh, but but this- he's doing that, and that's important. I asked important.
2: Jason if we could talk about the potholes. <laughs>
1: if, I, if, I, if I was running for mayor, I'd say that would definitely make potholes a priority of fixing those. So I, know, I, would have, I know it's possible. Yeah, I do, would have
0: been here sooner, but I had to swim across Ward Parkway uh, <laughs> through through one of the potholes. No,
1: I mean I live I <laughs> oh live off Ward Parkway, and now I'm just like going through the neighborhoods because right. it's just yeah. it's so dangerous and it's so mm-hmm. I mean it's just insane.
0: But I will say, if we can jump back to local local politics for two seconds, yeah. I will say with the potholes, it's it's not about the potholes and what happened with this excessive freeze-thaw cycle, it is how Kansas City, Missouri responds to repairing those potholes in a timely manner. That's going to be the litmus test for the city, is how fast they get those things filled once it warms up. Because I will tell you that one of the biggest ones, the literal one that you could swim in, <laughs> uh, it's been so cold. And every time they patch it, they have to cold patch it. Well, a 100 cars drive over it and it's gone again. So it's how fast can the city repair it? Once the temperature stays above forty degrees for several days and it dries out, that's going to be the key. I would oh, highly no.
2: recommend orange cones now, <laughs> now, because <laughs> people's cars are getting trashed.
0: There are there's a lot of cars being towed.
2: Oh my right goodness! Now. People are very orange people cones. People are
1: this is this is basic government services. Three one one
2: orange cones. You know they responded
1: to the trees pretty quick though. They did a lot of trees go down yeah. in my neighborhood and. They got picked up pretty quick, or they got hauled off pretty quick. So that was kind of interesting to see. Annie Presley and John Stevens are with me. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about some maybe a couple more state issues, and we're getting into some federal issues. Uh, all kinds of stuffs happening on the federal level with regards to current events and to politics. Exciting show. We've been going through pretty quickly. We have a handful of more issues to discuss. I want to thank Pork KC for being a partner of the Grill Nation Show. We're list- you're listening to the Grill Nation Show on nine eighty AM. We'll be right back. I wonder- back to the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. I'm Jason Grill. I'm joined today by John Stevens, CEO and President of Port KC and Annie Presley, who is an award winning author and a development and fundraising professional and consultant in Kansas City. We're talking about local, state and federal politics and the current events. John is at Port KC again, PortKC.com. Um, let's talk a little federal issues. There's a lot of things going on with the presidential race. Uh, John, I want to get your take first. I mean, there's what 12, 13 Democrats now in the race.
0: Yeah. I can't keep track.
1: Of I know that Bernie one. Sanders got in, he raised a bunch of money and yeah. people are all freaking out about that. Some of the Republicans are loving that. And some of the Democrats are, are we going too far to the left? I mean, what are your thoughts so far? I know they're going to have a debate sometime this summer. First
0: debate. Potentially. Yeah. I, you, you know, I, I, I don't mean to sound, uh, negative on it, but I, I think the next several months is really uh it it it's the time for political wonks not the time for the voters let let a lot of this sort out mm-hmm. i think i think the the pundits the political wonks can have a lot of fun debating a lot of these issues as these different candidates come and go and rise and fall uh and that's important it is it it's part of our democratic process and it, it's vital uh but for the average voter i think it's it's i think it's going to be arms length i think people are more concerned about uh, their state and local issues, wherever they live, they're more concerned about some of the, the few big macro issues. They're mm-hmm. concerned about another government shutdown. They're concerned about those kind of issues. So I, don't, I really don't think you're going to see a lot of the, the real voters very engaged in this process at any real level for a, a while. Mm-hmm.
2: Certainly not around here, but if you're in New Hampshire or Iowa. you're doing any of those early <laughs> primaries, which I did for George W. in mm. in ninety nine and 2000, it is serious business there, yeah. and they are paying attention. But for those of us in flyover country, it's more like the the third tent in the circus. In the three <laughs> so, you know, it's something to watch. It's interesting. Well, it's
1: it's all it's all it's all gonna. I mean, Joe Biden is he getting in or getting out? That's what I care the most about. I you don't know. know what, Beto O'Rourke is he getting in or getting out? Most of my friends, and maybe that's probably not good, is two white guys on a ticket. But one um, Biden, Beto. So. Hard to say,
2: the Wall Street Journal says today that perhaps Bernie Sanders needs to move further left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was our guy. He was our most left guy for the longest time, and we made so much fun of him, and they sort of actually mistreated him the last time around. And now all of a sudden, he's being pressed further left. So He's raising a bunch of money. It's very interesting. Right. And then Elizabeth Warren said she's not going to take any money except small contributions. And um, that's a she little bit m- curious. might think she missed
1: her window. Um uh, I think uh Bernie probably missed his window too. I think that it's you talked about Kamala Harris off of uh
2: She's the resonating. Air.
1: She's resonating, she, but as soon as as soon as Biden gets in her Beto, I think she loses some of her her luster, but Beto she's Beto won't
2: make it. Biden maybe. He's old. I like him, but he's old. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's <laughs> the point. I mean it's he a it's Missouri, a tough job. He makes Missouri a little more competitive. You know what's funny? I saw Roy Blunt on TV the other day and he said that. Trump's approval rating in Missouri was like forty-three or forty-four percent when he won Missouri in two thousand sixteen. He got fifty-some percent of the vote, but his approval rating was low as as far as everything goes. Now it's up to like fifty-two, so his approval rating in Missouri has gone up.
2: There's no explaining that, (laughs) literally none. So and women uh, now are supporting Trump more. Suburban women. Suburban women now are supporting Trump more. So it's uh, who knows what's going on.
1: It's going to be interesting. We'll we'll get really into it next year for sure, but uh, I'm interested to see which candidates come in. Bloomberg, you talked about too, might get in.
2: Well, he's in. His oh, buddy in? Kevin Cheeky's running the whole deal, and if you sign up, you get two emails a day about how amazing Michael Bloomberg is. <laughs> and and he, I know him. He's a he's a neat guy, but um, I don't think he can win unless he. He's already spent like six hundred million dollars.
1: He's, no, he's he's I mean, Republican, Independent, Democrat. He's been
0: everywhere. Well, and then and then you have to mention the the venti flash in the pan of uh, Schultz oh, popping yeah. up for uh, I think what was it about three that. three day news cycle and then he seemed to disappear again. Well, yeah. that
2: CBS thing or uh, was yeah. it CBS just did him in? Yeah, I mean it, his
0: uh, his big interview one on one. Yeah. So we have
1: some local stuff going on too with uh, with federal races. The 2020 Senate race in Kansas. I heard Chris Kobach on the radio yesterday saying he's... I mean, it seemed like everything he was saying, he's like, I'm going to run, but he didn't say he's going to run.
2: So Pompeo's out. That's the only mm-hmm. thing we really know. Yeah. He's not running. He's made that clear. Yeah, and I didn't think he had good name ID anyway, so it's going to be... The regular crowd will shuffle in. Who are they? Well, that's going to include all the people who didn't get reelected recently, like Kobach or Collier. Kevin Yoder. Yoder, that crowd.
0: Interesting. I think the... I think the, the common assumption was that yoder wanted one more cycle in the house he he really wanted to win this last election get one more term in the house and then that would set up the timing just right to take to take to run for Robert's seat mm-hmm. and but now he's a lobbyist. kind of derailed you know losing that election uh, uh kind of derailed that a little bit so now it's a determination of is is being a lobbyist and taking that time back kind of out of the public eye is it a any more? Who knows in politics if that's a net benefit or uh, or, or uh, if it harms you? it goes against the common assumption. Most people would say that it harms you, but given the last few elections we've seen, uh, I don't know that anyone can reasonably predict. And
1: do things apply just to Donald Trump, or do they apply to other other candidates these days? I mean, is he's he can do whatever he wants; it doesn't matter.
2: There are no rules anymore. Everybody's broken all the rules. <laughs> Even the fundraising <laughs> rules have been broken. Yeah, I mean, it, right. I mean, it's not. And I don't mean illegal, but I mean just the t- traditional method. Right. The traditional methods of becoming successful have changed. They're, they're just not being valued.
0: And, and I think that's, you know, you, you mentioned, Annie, talking about um, Bernie being asked to go even further left or others others coming in. I think that is some of that rule breaking. You're seeing both sides of the political spectrum saying, well, let's throw the rule book out or the old common you know, kind of. political assumptions of the electorate. Let's throw those out and let's go. Let's go carve our own path. I it's, will say it's this: though so it is
1: refreshing when you talk to people that were in politics that aren't anymore. I saw Claire McCaskill and Bill Maher the other night on Real Time, and it was great. She was, she was, she was fantastic. Now I know why she got elected so many years, and and just other folks. I talked recently to an elected official, and I and I was just like, man, how the heck do you still fundraising go door to door? And he's like, I'm not doing it as much as I used to. I mean, it's it's a grind. As someone who did it, I can't imagine. Going it back doors. Mm-hmm. and then if you run, run for city council, you got to get 500, 600 signatures, I think, or a thousand signatures yeah. to get in. And you know, I saw Clay Chastain over there this summer uh, over at the Brookside uh,
2: price, uh, chopper. price Chopper yeah. getting
1: signatures, and I'm like, man, you got to—that is a tough gig to even to even consider doing that. So I still respect the heck out of these people that run, but we're in the midst of a political season here in the local level, and yeah, it's going to get interesting. Speaking of which, we have a mayor's race. We have a minute left. Seems to be pretty close right now a lot of undecided is that what you guys are seeing kind of well there the are air. a lot of
2: candidates yeah. and it the, the front runners continue to be Jolie justice and uh steve miller so we've got kind of the traditional politician model versus the bright shiny object so we'll see
1: yeah but Jolie has a lot of of, of history and name recognition because of her time in the senate and uh in the, in the city council which could help, but also a lot of people know Steve Miller. So, and then yeah. you have a whole host of other candidates that are right there at around 10%. So it's, yeah.
0: and, and I will say, and John, have, you've
1: been to some of the debates. I
0: have. Yeah. I've, you know, I, I've, I've met with, uh, I think all of the candidates now and talked to them about their, their policies and their issues. I will say it, it is refreshing one. Um, you do have to respect people that go through this grind.
2: It, oh, yeah. it, that
0: is, it's, it's an incredible grind for anyone wanting to run for a mayor of a, of a major city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like that, by and large, everyone's kept this to policy and, and, and issues. I think that's what Kansas City wants right now. We're, we're, we're doing, we're on a positive trajectory, but we're not stratospheric trajectory. And we need to keep momentum going. And I like that most, most all of the candidates see that, they hear that, and they're responding to that by having honest policy discussions and to your point, I think it's still something. The that, that Remington poll was still forty. I think forty-two percent were undecided. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an incredibly high number when you have this many candidates uh, on a dais.
1: Amazing, amazing guys! You did a great job on the show, John Stevens, Pork KC, Annie Presley, uh, author and fundraising and development uh, pro. Thanks for coming on the show today, and I appreciate you joining us each and every other month on Grill Nation. Jay Grill, thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Glad John. To be here. It's Thanks, been a guys. lot of fun. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you next. Week.